I could start a blog running by the time we finish this episode, you know. Uh, it's not hard to get a blog started. Obviously, you want to do it well and you want to do it right and have it all branded to be you and things, but don't wait for that to be in place before you start writing and before you start sharing even. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I am a slightly sick still Charlie. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about content marketing. And this might sound strange on a podcast that's not really about writing, but we think it's pretty relevant, right, for creatives. So it'll be interesting to talk about. We've uh, had some thoughts from our listeners on how they approach content marketing, if they approach it. And we're going to talk about why you should do it and give you some advice for writing and share some stories about how content marketing has worked or not worked for us. I think it should be good. First though, Femme, it's been a while since we caught up. So how has your week been? Yeah, this week I've really been focusing on putting together my portfolio. Awesome. Yeah. For those of you who've listened to the past few episodes where I've talked about repositioning from the apartment to my sort of personal website Uh, something that I sort of left behind was my design work so at the moment or hopefully not anymore by the time this podcast is live I don't have any of my work on my website so I figured that it would be a good idea to bring some of my work over and create a bit of an online portfolio so I'm kind of in the middle of doing that at the moment and writing some case studies for some work that I've done in the past over the last year that I haven't really showcased before so kind of bringing that into the limelight a little bit which you know has been really fun it's been a fun project to do this week but man it's time consuming I think I underestimated how much time and effort it would take me to put all of it together totally have we done an episode about building a portfolio yet I don't think so maybe we should do that I love how we always get these ideas for future episodes like when we chat at the start it's great yeah it is great Well, I've been spending a lot of my week uh, working on our sticker packs. So we're recording this a bit in advance, but our sticker packs launched uh, this week. And I've been packaging them up, ready to send off, which is very exciting. So I don't know yet, because we're recording this in advance, there might not be any left by the time this episode goes live. But you should head on over and check designlife.fm slash store. And see if we've got any up there because they're only ten dollars and think they're pretty cool. People seem to be liking them so far. Very excited about them. Yeah, it's a limited edition run. So once we yeah. run out of the packs, it's over. But also there have already been a lot of you who have purchased one. So thank you so much for your support if you have purchased a pack and it sounds like they're gonna be on their way to you, right, Charlie? Yeah, we've got sticker packs heading to India, to Argentina, to Canada, the US. New Zealand, all over the place. It's very exciting. So, so cool. So today's topic of content marketing, I don't know about you, Charlie, but often when I hear that word or when I have heard that word in the past, I kind of like cringe a little. Like it kind of sounds a little bit sleazy off the bat. Like when you think of content marketing, you, you often think of businesses that are just sort of publishing content to hook in their customers kind of thing and those like 10 ways to do this sort of helpful life tip quote unquote blog posts uh, but I think content marketing can be a lot of different things other than just 
writing. I think for this episode, we're going to probably focus mostly on writing and blogging, but it can also be creating videos like you do, Charlie, or writing, obviously, or something else entirely as well. And I even posts on like Instagram and things as well, I yeah. would consider to be content marketing. Yeah, totally. So both Charlie and I have dabbled in different bits of content marketing. Like you obviously have your YouTube channel, which probably is the type of content that you spend the most time and effort on. Definitely. And for me, I spend most of my time and effort on my writing. And I, I guess a good place to start is why do we do this? Like, why is this important? Obviously, I could just chuck up a portfolio online and kind of let that do the work for me. And for you, you could probably do something similar. Like, why is it for you, Charlie, that you make this extra effort and put time into content marketing? Well, do you know what? Let's go back a second. And I want to ask you even, do you consider like when you sit down and you're writing a blog post, are you thinking that that's content marketing? Because I'm definitely not thinking that at all mm. when I'm making a video or writing a blog post. I I don't think of it as content marketing. I think it is. It ends up acting as that, but it's not my intention with it, if you know what I mean. Well, it's not the main goal with it anyway. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I don't see it as content marketing. I see it as writing or building an audience or sharing my struggles with other people and having conversations about it rather than oh I'm going to put out this clickbaity article that's going to get me lots of hits you know yeah or even like not even going so far as to think it's clickbait but I don't put out a video expecting that that will bring me uh clients you know right there are more things that I'm doing lately though with the types of content that I create to try and veer more into that like purposeful content marketing sphere, I suppose, like uh, because I want to get freelance clients in the music industry, I'm actively making plans to talk more about music and that sort of thing on my blog and on my YouTube channel. And there's a few videos and blog posts up already. And for those ones, because I am being more purposeful about the type of content that I make, I would definitely consider them to be more content marketing. And the rest all sort of comes together to to build up my brand, I suppose, and build up my reputation. So that's what I mean, that all of it as a whole is content marketing, but not every post individually is thought of in that way. Yeah, I think the same when I was doing the apartment. Like, I didn't think of content marketing when I was making an Instagram post or whatever, but I guess when you go to the Instagram page and sort of see it all, like, it's a little bit more obvious that, there is some underlying job that those posts are trying to achieve. And as a unison together, that is representing me and my brand and what I do, et cetera. And so in that way, because it's working hard for me, like you said, not necessarily every Instagram picture I post, for example, is going to yeah. bring me a client. But as a whole, when you go and view that sort of collection – that might in future, like they can go and scroll back in the past and see all this stuff. And I think that really does a lot of work for you. Yeah, totally. I think it looks really good to have a body of work, like a body of content online. So while one post individually might not do much, having a track record of like publishing weekly for a whole year, for example, is going to look really good to a potential client coming along. Yeah. So back to my original question, it kind of sounds like you started answering it there of... You know, why why do you do content marketing, whether it's conscious or unconscious? Well, I think that content marketing is a good way to help the right clients discover you. 
especially, um, you know, if they're putting in search terms, if they're searching for a specific thing and you are that niche, you know, that's what you work in. So this goes back to obviously you have to have a niche first before you can do content marketing, I believe. Uh, if they're searching for that and your post comes up, that's a way you're bringing the client in and attracting them to you. We talk a lot about attracting clients rather than going out and finding them. And I would say that content marketing is a major way to attract the right type of client because they're on the hunt for exactly what you're offering. You know, if you've tagged your post correctly and written about the right topics, yours will show up and, and that's a great way to start a relationship, I think. So for me, that's why I think content marketing is a really good idea for, for creatives because yeah, it can bring in their right type of client. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I often see creatives just sort of put up a portfolio or a website and leave it like as a yeah. static thing, thinking that it'll do all the work for them. But I guarantee majority of the time, it's not going to really do anything for you. You really have to put time and effort into it and, and work on it and mold it, you know, and a good way to do that is to create content and make sure that it's regularly updated, that there's some activity going on, there's something always new to come and see or check out if someone comes to your portfolio or your website. And I think it sort of gets you more noticed and it gives you something to talk about as well. And so, for example, like every week I do a blog post and that gives me, A, something to talk about, B, it shows activity on my website so people know that you know, I'm there and it's active. And then C, it gives me an opportunity to link to my website. So it gives me an opportunity to direct people there in a helpful and valuable way. Like I'm giving them this valuable article that I've written. And then who knows, once they're already on my site, they might go and click around and see some of my work. Well, not yet because it's not there, but hopefully it will be. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that could potentially lead to clients over the long run. I think it's a bit more of a long game mindset. Like we kind of yeah. said earlier, like if you just write one blog post and never write another one again, then I'm not sure if that's really going to be of much value for you in the long term. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I think that I mean, content marketing is a, well, it's a form of marketing, obviously, but you don't have to think of it in that, in a sleazy way. Like, you know, like you were saying at the start, Fem, it does sound like this term that like big businesses do to try, like, try and seem relatable to yeah. their audience, but it doesn't have to be that. And like, we can take the term to be whatever we want. And I think it's much better than, for example, advertising, like, you know, buying a Facebook ad or a Google AdWords, even a billboard or something, you know, to advertise your design services. I think it's better to give people value and bring them in. And that means that you're starting the relationship off on a really good, good note because you're giving them something, you know, you've written a blog post about what they were looking for, or even if like, we've talked about this a bit before Fem about the apartment, how you were saying that you think, uh, it was two different audiences that you were writing to mm -hmm. help other creatives. And so how does that help clients? But the thing is the other clients will see those posts and, you know, see that you know what you're talking about. So that's a really good benefit to content marketing as well is you can show quite easily that you know your shit <laughs> because you're writing about it and you're teaching others or, you know, talking about your process. And it's a really good way to get that out there without, uh, I don't know, for some reason I think people are more inclined to read read a blog post than they are to read like an in-depth about page or something, you know? 
Yeah, I, I think so. And I'm I'm glad you sort of brought that up because I was going to mention basically the same thing about even if you're writing blog posts or creating videos or whatever for other creatives, if a potential client comes along and sees it, they're going to be like, oh, well, Charlie knows what she's talking about. And they're going to position you as a bit more of a professional compared to someone who just has a static portfolio site. And not only that, but I think it also... It shows your passion for what you do, right? Like you wouldn't go out of your way to create that helpful content if you didn't enjoy it. Totally. It's a, it's a choice that you make to create that content. And so obviously you must love what you do and you must really enjoy it and be passionate about talking about that topic. And I think clients or potential clients will notice that. They'll see all the effort and the energy that you put into the content, especially if you've got like a body of it to show, maybe you've been doing it for a year or so, they're going to think, oh, wow, you know, she knows what she's talking about and also she must be really good at it and really passionate about it. Otherwise, she wouldn't put all of this time and effort and energy into it. Yeah, exactly. It, it shows you in a really good light. And obviously it's really hard to keep up with something that you're not passionate about. So, I mean, ideally you're trying to content market for your whatever service you're doing is something that you're passionate about because otherwise it's going to be very hard to write about it, but also very hard to earn money from it if it's something that you, you're not passionate about. Anyway, do you think content marketing has been successful for you, Femme, so far? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had clients approach me and say that they discovered me through my blog posts. So That's epic. Yeah, that already to me is like a win, like it's been worth it. And I think there's more value in it than just discovering clients as well, especially for me. Obviously, attracting clients through my content is awesome, but there's also other side benefits of it as well. For example, I get to meet a lot of awesome and inspiring and interesting creative people who are potentially you know kind of doing the same thing or want to do the same thing we get to have great conversations about things that we have similar interests or or beliefs in etc and so it helps me sort of build up my I guess creative community and creative horizon and I get to meet all these cool people and be exposed to their content as well which helps me learn and grow. Yeah I agree I just love making stuff basically like I started I think I've talked about this before but I started my YouTube channel simply because I wanted to be part of the community and it's turned into more than that now like I've got higher goals with it and everything but at the start that's what I wanted it seemed like a cool place to be and like you know cool people to virtually hang around with and it's the same for for blogging as well and just the general creative community I follow so many amazing creatives on Twitter who are you know producing blog posts and things and I just think that I don't know, if you're if you're a creative, a designer, you know, whatever type of uh, creative industry you're in, I think you should give writing a blog a try or making videos or whatever. Like, don't think of it as content marketing if that's not something, you know, that, you know, something that feels a bit off to you. But I think you should give it a go at sharing your knowledge and sharing your process because, like you said, Femme, it really does help you learn. Yeah, I think also sometimes people might be afraid of sharing what they know and giving back because they feel like they might be giving away like their secrets or whatever. Do you know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, You know, if you're new to the design industry, then you 
probably feel like everyone else is a competitor. Uh, but as you as you grow as a designer, I don't know about you, Charlie, but for me, I view other designers as friends, like part of the community. I don't see yeah, them. Yeah, they're peers. Yeah, I don't see them as competitors or anything. And so if you look at it more in that mindset, then giving back to the creative community is so rewarding and it's so awesome to be able to help other designers, especially ones that are either younger than you or maybe less skilled than you or struggling with something that you can help them out with. That's such a rewarding feeling. And so don't hold back on on providing or sharing what you know and the knowledge that you have to share that could potentially help one other person. I think that that's worth it. Yeah, well said, fam. I think that content marketing you know, even though I don't really consider what I do to be that, it, I think it has been successful for me because I'm just looking back and thinking every single freelance client I've had over the past year and, you know, every opportunity I've had, like every speaking opportunity or whatever it's been, has been because I regularly produce content online and people have seen that. That's awesome. It's not not one specific post or video that, you know, made people reach out to me, but the fact that I exist in that space, I suppose, and the fact that they see me producing all this content and, you know, you can just look up my name and see this huge body of, of work, you know, that I've produced. And I think that's why they've reached out. So, yeah, I, I think it has been successful, even even without it being my intention, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. And I think it's also important not to underestimate what content marketing says about the kind of person you are. Like, if you're someone who regularly puts out content, then you're obviously likely to be a go-getter or someone that's, you know, got enthusiasm for something, someone that can commit to a schedule, someone that likes to give back and likes to share what they do, etc. I think it goes a lot to say about the kind of person that you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And that you communicate effectively. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just shows you in a really good light. Yeah, I think so. So I think there's a lot of benefits to content marketing. And if you want to get into content marketing and maybe you're not sure what uh, platform or type of content to start with, then maybe just start with writing a blog post. I think that's probably the easiest place to start. Uh, Doing a video, I'm guessing, requires a lot more effort and planning and consideration and setting up, etc. And so don't let that risk overwhelming you so it's better to start I think maybe with just a blog post and see what sort of comes comes from your fingers yeah I'd agree with that I think making a video is sort of like writing a blog post and then filming it and then editing it and then uploading it right yeah like 10 (laughs) times more work yeah but you'd be surprised at how much you have to share I think I think we should talk about coming up with ideas for what to write about because I feel like that's where this topic idea even came from was us talking about that yeah so for me and my articles there's sort of two two different ways that I come up with what to talk about and the first one is how I'm feeling at the time maybe something is on my mind maybe something happened to me recently I had a positive or negative experience with something maybe I'm personally struggling with something or had success in something etc so That's one thing, like something that's sort of going on in my life at that time. And the other place that I get ideas from are from my audience. So people will 
send me emails asking questions or send me tweets or DMs uh, asking me for advice on things. And I always kind of save those uh, as potential future sort of topics to discuss and talk about. Do you keep them in a particular place? Uh, no. <laughs> That's I, a no. <laughs> I should. I I have them everywhere from in my email to my Twitter inbox to a Trello cards to a Google Doc. So no, I don't consolidate them into one place, but I really should. I think that would make it easier for me when I sit down to write to just go to this one place and pull something that inspires me at that point of time. Yeah, I would definitely recommend you do that. I've got a spreadsheet that I, well, actually, first of all, do you schedule your blog post in advance? Like not schedule the post to go live, but I mean, schedule what you're going to talk about or do you sort of decide in the week? I decide like the day before, which I'm okay, not proud there you of. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a very nerdy spreadsheet that has many columns for like date, category, um, and then the type of video and, and a bunch of other things. But Basically, I plan out my video content about two months in advance. I decide what I'm going to make a video about each week. And yeah, I, I, that sounds, whenever I say that to people, they think it seems like it, like that's a long time to plan for, but really I could honestly probably plan for six months, you know, and then change things up as I needed to, but yeah, two months is fine. Does that mean you're also two months ahead in filming things? Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Okay. But the ideas are there. So every time I go to film, I know exactly what I'm making. Yeah. Um, I've got a big list of ideas that could last me many years. And it keeps getting added to, like you said, by things the audience, my audience asked me, uh, things I just see on Twitter as well, see other people talking about. That seems like a hot topic in the design world or whatever. Gets added to my list as as something I potentially talk about. Um, A tip I want to give for generating ideas is to come up with some categories for yourself. This is something I do on my YouTube channel. Um, I used to have my categories be design, style, and DIY projects. So I'd be, you know, coming up with an idea for each of those things. Now I'm just focusing on design videos, but that doesn't mean that I just have design as a category. Um, I've broken it down more. So I've got design chat, which is videos, you know, talking about uh, issues that designers face or, you know, design processes, design thinking. Uh, Then there's uh, tools, which is more of like the nerdy techie stuff or like productivity hacks, you know, what apps I use, what computers I use, etc. And then there is tutorials, which is more like a planned out start to finish, here's how to make this thing. So having those categories gives me a jumping off point to, to come up with ideas from. And you'd be amazed at how much easier it makes it to come up with ideas when you do have that starting point. Because I think like, right, tools, what can I talk about to do with my tools? You know, maybe I'll share like, Oh, how I manage my time. Maybe I'll share what free apps I use. Maybe I'll share what paid apps I use. Like, and you, it sort of starts to snowball when, when you've got those categories to think about. And instead of just brainstorming for any ideas in general, you've got that starting point. That's like the hard part, you know, in a way. And, and you can use it to jump off from. So if anyone listening is struggling with coming up with ideas for things, I would recommend you coming up with some categories like that and, and doing a big brainstorm. Okay, so I have a question for you. Shoot. So you have your YouTube channel, which is one sort of content stream, and then you also have your blog, which is sort of a second content stream. Yeah. How do you decide what goes on each one? Like what would make 
what defines something that would make a good video versus a good blog post? And do you ever repeat content between the two? I should repeat content between the two, I think. I don't at the moment, but it's really stupid that I don't because it'd be so easy to just write a blog post about the topic I'd just already made a video about, you know, practically Mm -hmm. written it already. I should be posting that in both places because people like to learn and read in different ways, you know, read in different ways. That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, at the moment I don't. Really, what I don't know how I decide what makes for a good video or a blog post. Pretty much anything could be either, to be honest. Um, Sometimes a blog post is more like pensive, I suppose, like thoughts on things, like the type of content you were talking about, you know, an issue that's affecting you recently. I tend not to talk about that in a video as much. I don't know why, because I could, like I said, it it could easily be a video or a blog post, but it just depends on what you want to put out on on each of those services, I suppose. Yeah, because I think that's what's been holding me back from pursuing another content stream like video, for example, is I just am paralyzed by what I would make videos about. But I guess I could just make videos about the same things that I write about potentially. Like that might even be a good place to start is making a video to accompany each blog post potentially, like as a starting point. That could be a really good starting point. That's a great idea. Mm, Just thinking out loud. Yeah, I think eventually like your video content would take on like a sort of a different vibe from your blog content. Like I feel like mine does. Um, my blog is a bit looser and sometimes there will be fashion posts or, you know, shorter, like maybe like a, I did a roundup of the conference that we went to. That's not something I would make a video about because it's not something that perhaps all 34,000 people who are subscribed to me would be interested in watching. You know, it's not relevant to all of them as much, but I want, it's something I wanted to have on my blog because it's, yeah, I guess the blog is more personal and I think more about bit more what intimate. I want to write about. Yeah, yeah, a bit more intimate. That's the nicest way of putting it. <laughs> Should we go on to some tweets? Because we have a lot. Um, Kyle asked some really good questions. Right, so Kyle asks, how can you schedule content ahead of time so you can focus on other tasks and how long should you spend doing content marketing? This is a good question because I think that you shouldn't focus on it so much that it gets in the way of doing your actual work, you know? Yeah, I think also there's a balance of relevancy and recency. So you want to sort of have a have a schedule and be a little bit ahead of your schedule so that, you know, if something happens, maybe you're ill one week or something, you've still got content that can be put out. But you don't want to be so far ahead that the stuff you write now is no longer relevant by the time you publish it. Like I I once met someone who had been writing blog posts for a year and hadn't started publishing them. Wow. And to me, I I just thought that's too long. I think that's far too in advance to be to be you know working on your stuff. So I think find that balance of relevancy and recency that works for you, and I think that will help you kind of schedule your schedule your things ahead of time so that you can focus on the other things that might be more important and more pressing at that point in time. I think it depends what you're writing about though, because I could easily see how you know evergreen topics. Uh, could be written a year in advance and still be relevant to the person reading it. But I feel like if I wrote about, you know, my productivity right now, 
that would probably still be relevant for someone to read in a year, but it wouldn't be relevant to me if I posted it in a year. Like I've probably changed my process since then and changed how I feel about things. And I always want my content streams to be representative of who I am. And obviously that changes as you go on, but you know, who I am at that point in time. So yeah, I never tend to produce things more than a couple of weeks in advance. That's smart. And I think that is really important to make sure you're putting out content that represents who you are at that point in time because there might be a discussion that spurs from that piece of content that you put out and you want to kind yeah, hopefully. of hopefully yeah and you want to be on the same wavelength as whatever the content is that you put out so I think that that's really important yeah totally uh, Kyle also asked how do you balance text and image in a post and does a video need to be high quality or more authentic oh <laughs> so text and image what do you think I think that in a blog post the writing is more important than the image that accompanies it. So when I was blogging on the apartment, I was very obsessive about the detail of the images, so much so that it would just take up a lot of time and cause a lot of last minute stress because it's it would be something that I'd leave to the very last minute because the writing was more important. Uh, but now with my new writing, I don't include any images whatsoever. It's just Interesting. the post. And I don't, I haven't seen any difference yet in terms of like readership or people resonating with the post. Uh, the only time that I do include an image is when I post on Medium because you need to have an image, I think, for Medium posts. Uh, yeah, I think in the header, right? Yeah, so I just grab something from Unsplash uh, because I used to be really obsessive about not wanting to use stock photos and making sure I do all my own original images and take my own photographs. But I just found that it wasn't worth the time that I was putting into that. So for blog posts, I just don't use any images anymore. It's just plain pure text. I Yeah, I like that. I think there's more of a trend going towards that now. My blog is set up so that every post does have a feature image because most of my, you know, I'm not that great at writing. So most of my posts are more focused on an image generally. Um, and so I do like to make sure that they're unique. I think that if you're making images a big feature on your blog post, then you should make, you know, take them yourselves or, or at least be editing them or, you know, adapt them in some way. So it's not just a stock photo. But if you're not interested in doing that, then I think do what you've done, Femme, and set up a, a blog that's focused on the writing because that's the most important thing to you, obviously. So makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it also depends on the context of the post. Like totally. if I'm doing a case study about my work, then that's definitely going to include images of my work. Uh, and what about, he also asked about uh, quality of video. Do you want to tackle that? Yeah. So I think that authenticity is always key and your video should always be authentic. And as for quality, you should make it as high quality as you personally can with what you have available. Like don't wait to buy a really expensive camera because it's going to have like 4K HD video or whatever. You can film a perfectly great video on your phone. Like that phone camera is really good quality. Uh, so high quality that it would not be out of place on YouTube, you know. So focus more on the authenticity and don't worry as much about the video quality. But just make it the best you can is what I'm trying to say. I, I posted a poll on Twitter, which we haven't done for a while, but that was kind of fun. I asked our audience if they have a blog or a vlog that they create content for regularly. 
And it was pretty evenly split between yes and no. 48% yes and 52% said no, they don't. I followed up with that asking if you do any form of content marketing as a way to attract clients for your services. You know, slightly different question, but still about making stuff. And in this one, 56% said yes and 44% said that they don't. So it seems like around about half of our audience who creates content is considering it content marketing is, is what I'll take from that. I also asked people to tell us why they create content and got a lot of answers. Ariel said that she started making videos because she was 16, had no one to talk about books with, and now she enjoys it as a creative outlet. I think that having a creative outlet is so important, right? Yeah, having a creative outlet is super valuable. And I think it's quite common for those on the outside to see a creative outlet as potentially just a fun thing, potentially a waste of time. But in Ariel's point of view, where she is talking about books and turn that into you know a content stream for her videos, then I'm sure that that's bringing her a lot of value in other ways as well. Yeah, totally. Sophie said she writes to be freely creative without having a brief to follow. Very important. Holly says that she has one to share what she knows with others and hopefully start discussions and make new friends through that. So it sounds like what you're talking about, Fem, about that community. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in talking to other people in your community and making friends because... You know, you never know what that could lead to. Maybe eventually you'll collaborate together on a side project or a client project, etc. And I think there's a lot of value in sort of giving back. And people will appreciate you more. Totally. This one from Lauren's interesting. She said that she has one because she wanted a space to talk about creativity and her work, although it's developed into more than that. And also at the time that she started it, it was something that all designers that she thought highly of did. So she needed to be doing the same. And I think that's kind of why I write blog posts as well is because I love seeing other designers do that and sharing their thoughts. And so I wanted to share my own. Yeah, that's nice. I think you might be able to offer some advice here to Camilla. Camilla says, I have a blog and I like the idea of vlogging, but I don't do it regularly because I just don't like writing. I have plenty of ideas, a Google Doc list of nearly 300 design topics. I just dislike writing and I don't know how to make it fun. Have you got any advice for that? Because I also don't enjoy writing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't say that writing is my favorite thing to do, but the more and more that I put time and energy and effort into it, the more I do start to enjoy it because I see the benefits of writing. And to me, those benefits are worth it more and more over time. And if you're struggling with making it fun, uh, maybe something that she could look into is joining a writing mastermind group or something or finding someone that could hold her accountable to her content schedule. Uh, Also, you could try different writing techniques, uh, you know, instead of just sitting down at a blank piece of paper and trying to write a blog post, maybe start by writing an outline or maybe press record on your cell phone and just talk to it and see what kind of comes out as you sort of discuss the topic with yourself. (laughs) That's great advice. Yeah, I think there's a few different ways that you could sort of try and get more into writing. I would just encourage her to maybe explore different writing techniques and see if she can find one that maybe helps make it a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I would say too that you have to find your own writing voice, you know. Mm. When I started writing, 
I really didn't like I really didn't enjoy it because I was trying to be someone else I think like I was trying to write like all the other bloggers did and I thought that was like you know how you had to sound if you were a blogger and it was really difficult but over time I sort of learned to write like I speak I suppose and I think in a way I now also speak like I write like those two ways of communicating have merged for me which is interesting but I find it more enjoyable now than I did to start with because I'm I found like a style of writing that I'm comfortable with and it, it comes a lot easier to me now like I don't find it difficult to to sit down and write something it's more I think it's mostly imposter syndrome for me when it comes to writing and you know wondering if this is good enough or whatever or if it lives up to the standard of what else is out there but yeah staying true to your own voice I think will will make it easier and help you get over that hurdle that's good advice we also had a few people who don't create content. Uh, Renata said, I have a blog, but I stopped posting because life got in the way. Uh, Holly says, I don't create any content. I have one in the works so that I plan on launching next year. Tree says she doesn't because she sucks at being consistent, but oh, she's tree. trying to get better at it. Uh, and Borja says, yes, but I don't post as regularly as I'd like. However, I'd post more often if my blog server worked better. <laughs> With an upside down smiley face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess, you know, do you have any advice for these people who it sounds like they want to start creating content and they understand the value and the benefits of doing so, but they're just struggling, I guess, to take that first step? Yeah, I think that there is, you can get up, a. I could start a blog running by the time we finish this episode, you know. Uh, yeah. It's not hard to get a blog started Obviously, you want to do it well and you want to do it right and have it all branded to be you and things, but don't wait for that to be in place before you start writing and before you start sharing even. It, while you're waiting or whatever for all these pieces of the blog to come together, you can be writing posts and building up a backlog and sharing them on Medium. Start a Squarespace. You know, that's super easy. It takes like five minutes to set up a Squarespace account and you're ready to go with a really professional looking design so I don't know, they might sound harsh, but don't make excuses, just just start it. And you can fit writing into little parts of your day as well if, if you know, uh, like Renata said, life got in the way. Life is definitely in the way for me, and you can tell because I hardly post blog posts anymore. But when I do, that blog post has been written on the tube. <laughs> me standing up, holding on with one hand, holding my phone with the other hand, and typing a blog post in the notes app. You know, there's ways ways to get it done. Actually, that makes me think that perhaps another episode about uh, time management and breaking down tasks could be in order. Yeah, it sounds like it. Because I think we all struggle with time in different totally. ways. And I think it's also an excuse that we all use for things, right? Like Definitely. don't have enough time or struggling to schedule things or life gets in the way. I think that's a very common excuse that we as creatives use for a lot of a lot of things, not just... Like right now I'm making it for not going to the gym. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, life is going to get in the way. It's just a matter of finding the gaps and the cracks where you can spend a little bit of time on it, even if it's just five minutes while you're waiting for the bus or something like that. There are gaps in your day that you could spend even just creating a little outline or not necessarily doing anything, but just thinking about it. Like you could spend five minutes as you're walking to the supermarket thinking about what your next blog post topic will be. 
Yeah, exactly. I like that. Let's end on that piece of advice. Cool. So where should people go online to find more about us and the podcast? If you head to designlife.fm, you'll find all of our past episodes. Also the link to our store, which like I said at the start, there may or may not be sticker packs left at this point. But if there is, go and snap one up because they are limited edition and we're really proud of them. And you can also find us on Twitter. We are at DesignLifeFM. And as you've heard in the show, we often do polls or ask questions and have a bit of a discussion before the show. So if you'd like to be a part of that, then follow us on Twitter. Good chat, fam. See you next week. All right. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.